0: Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Listeners, welcome, this is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry.
2: And I'm Mike Peter.
0: We're your Sound Only coach, here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the big video game app this week. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, sequel to Breath of the Wild, exclusively on the Nintendo Switch.
2: You know, or you may have been experiencing it as I have been experiencing it, which is through TikTok and people doing weird stuff on it already, like three days after the game's yes. release.
0: <laughs> you know what it is? By Saturday, because think about it, this game comes out Friday, right? By mm-hmm. Saturday, you already see this this stuff that was happening like with Elden Ring, where it's just like, oh, even if you don't have time to play this game, like. You really could just, like, sit on the internet all day and watch people do...
2: Yeah, just watch rage compilations. Just watch people, you know, sandboxing, using logs to skate on rails and, you know, like, hmm, how can I build, you know, a functioning panzer tank using (laughs) cutesy little Zelda animals?
0: Although, I'm glad you brought this up because before we even get into explaining... Years of the Kingdom. I want to propose a theory of of this game, which is that there are two kinds of people. There are the people who are like you just described, right? They're building tanks. They're building these really elaborate mechs, you know? And then there are people like me and people like me go, I'm just going to build a really long plank. I'm going to fuse 20 planks together and build a plank that touches the sky like the tower of babel and i'm going to carry it with me across the map so that i can cross literally any obstacle and does it look pretty no it looks ugly it looks janky but it works that's the kind <laughs> of tears of the you Kingdom player you can
2: build I literally Like, you can build anything, but a bridge, I'm like, again, this is like, for me, a person that has not played, like, okay, full, like, cards on the table, full table stakes. Mm -hmm. I touched Breath of the Wild once, uh, about a year and a half ago in the midst of a major depressive episode and did not come back to it because I was like, you know what, this is too hard. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that there's, like, the game doesn't open up until you get a horse, number one, the first one. Yeah. You don't even get music like that until you get a horse. <laughs> you don't even get. I'm serious. Like it's like <laughs> you know. Like you know. Okay. Like one of the, one of the few knocks against like the well reviewed first game, yeah. and like still people like it. It still has a life online. Like you got all these YouTubers still playing the game. You know, doing speed runs, and all this stuff, all these years later. But it seems like. There was just that it, it's like the simple fact that it's not for everyone, and also the few things that they did say in the in the reviews against the game would be like it's pretty silent. There's a lot of room for you to think and destroy yourself yeah. in this game.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's real. Um, yeah, you're right. It's like so. It's almost expansive to a fault. Like it's it's so funny that in the first game, cause think about all these Nintendo game plots. It's uh, Link go to the four corners of the kingdom and retrieve the blah, 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 and we can vanquish Ganon. And you know what I mean? And it's like, but none of that shit matters in Breath of the Wild because it really is just like, you can do that stuff eventually, but the game has enough respect for you to, and again, Elden Ring also did its version of this too. It's why those games are sort of good piece together. Um, it's like, it, you could you could spend 30 hours playing that game and not even bother to go to any of the major locations.
2: Oh, right, yeah, because the tutorial area um, in the first game, another reason why I put it down, two hours, you got to spend in there fucking around trying to figure out where you're supposed to go next. It's possible, within my light reading, I have heard, and Mm. I want to know how long you spent to spend seven hours on the tutorial area of this game. Is that true?
0: I will say it I will say that in Tears of the Kingdom the tutorial level feels longer I, for a variety of reasons that I I won't get into just because it feels like it's kind of complicated to explain that navigation cuz you start in the sky in Tears of the Kingdom you start in these like sky islands and it's just yeah the shrines you got to go to to do the tutorials feel a bit more Not spaced out, but it's just kind of getting around is a little less. And it's also, if you spend a lot of time, you haven't, but if you spend a lot of time playing Breath of the Wild, here's what happens. You get like a 100-hour, 200-hour playtime, and you spend so much time using the paraglider, and it's really annoying. It's like innervating in the beginning of Tears of the Kingdom that you don't have the paraglider, and you start twitching and shit, and you're just like, this sucks. I can't get around
2: (laughs) Where is my paraglider? Oh, so yeah, it's It's like one of those. Okay, so here's the thing that I like that they did in Jedi Survivor, because I was so annoyed with how they handled it in Fallen Order, like which I went back to beat after bouncing off of it for my for my pride Mm -hmm. and because I couldn't just step back into Jedi Survivor cold. So, like maybe. Four to six hours before the completion of, of Fallen Order, you get the ability to double jump as a story beat. And it is so annoying that it takes that long. Oh, so yeah. many things are closed off to you. Platforming is like ridiculously like first iteration of Crash Bandicoot difficult, like platforming, <laughs> like. And you sliding all over the place, and then you finally get the double jump, and then it's like impossible to gauge distance using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like the thing that they do is that they start you in Jedi Survivor with basically all the abilities that it's possible to get, like okay, right in in Fallen Order, save for like lightsaber combat, which is miles ahead of the first game. Um So yeah, like I do understand the specific frustration of having something that you use to get around and also informs your understanding of three-dimensional yeah. space yes. like in a franchise being taken away <laughs> just so that they can you know throw some text box at you that shit pisses me off
0: yeah yeah it's like so tough too because you know what it is it's one thing it, when they do that with a sequel of a game and it's like, okay, the game before it that set your expectations is 20 hours long or something. But it's, it's the fact that people spend hundreds of hours in that world in breath of the wild. And so you re you have that muscle memory. That's just like, Oh, I can't just wreck. I can't just recklessly jump off a cliff because and, I don't and have to glide yeah. to the
2: next County. Yeah. yeah. It's-,
0: <laughs> it's, real, it's real. Um, but you're right, it's like the tutorial's a bit longer, and it's funny, like there's this sequence where you dive off the islands when you're kind of done with the tutorial, and you're back kind of in the the area of the original game, right? Like the ground level, because it's basically, first of all, they 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 pulled the Elden Ring shit where it's like, there's also a map under the map, you know? So it's like you have the Sky Islands, which are kind of sparse. You have the ground from like the original Breath of the Wild. It's like changed, but it sort of feels familiar. And then they added these like dark caverns beneath this uh, you know what I mean? The depths.
2: <laughs> I have seen images of the mystical potato. Yeah. Yeah. But... You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> um, so you've got this three-tiered level and and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's like as soon as you get on the ground level, you start seeing these little stations that were not in the original game where it's like a bunch of wheels are strewn about and some wood, and you're clearly meant to build like a wagon or something like that. And it's sort of seeding the idea of something that we have both sort of watched a lot of people do online, which is like, oh, in this game you have, and now we can, I guess, talk about the fundamentals of Tears of the Kingdom. So it's like a Zelda game. The big new mechanic is like the ultra hand and the fusion ability that basically lets you fuse arbitrary objects into each other and create kind of like super objects right so you can fuse pieces of wood together you can fuse wheels onto the wood or metal right like shit like it's also
2: based like on like the rewinding of time too right yeah there's also the recall Yeah, yeah yeah
0: um and these replaced yeah, the abilities from the original game. So you don't get the abilities you had in the original game and this they they got rid of the old shit
2: for the yeah, new shit. So basically you are on a Ferris and locked in the utility room and screamed to do with a little MacGyver scene where you piece together a tractor out of like <laughs> a glue gun and some sticks and <laughs> and packaging tape. <laughs> it's basically just kind of engineering solutions. Is... Yeah,
0: redneck engineering uh, is the the Reddit page that I would compare it to. Um, Tears of the Kingdom. I think it's weird. I, one thing I thought was odd in the beginning of this game, right, is like you see all this vehicle shit, but like when you first when you're first engaging with the idea of making a vehicle, I don't know. It's if you've spent any amount of time running around in the original game, in Breath of the Wild, right? It's like nothing is flat really. So when it's just, when you only have wood, and you don't have steering columns yet, and you're just trying to, like, use fans to get around, it's a lot of jerry-rigged contraptions that just crash immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's also, I think, to the thing I was saying about the paraglider, right? It's like, it's it's interesting that they made this game, right, where they they have these sky levels, right? They really in this game want to do a lot of stuff with verticality, I'd say. But all the new mechanics that they add, all the new elements that they add to this game, like it it does matter that they didn't just make a new game with new assets in a new place. Like it matters that all of this stuff is forced to revolve around the the, yeah, like the physics and the geography of a game that was not designed with those mechanics originally in mind, and I do feel that when I play it. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's it's fun, but it I definitely feel that, and it, it's gotten better the more I've played it. But I, I'd say in the first ten hours or so, there was just this real palpable psychic resistance to playing it like its own game rather than just being like, why can't I play this like Breath of the Wild? This is annoying, you know? I had to really get over that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, which I guess lends itself to most people that are sharing anything about it, like sharing ways to break the game or ways to turn it into something, to turn it into Death Stranding. Like, there's very, like, (laughs) it's... That is. A, that's also another reason that, like, I I I wasn't fucking with the original because of. I, I mean, like, straight up, I just don't like there being that many gauges on my heads up display. You know, uh, determining uh. my grip strength and whether or not I'm cold and have I ate enough today. <laughs> and yeah, it's a lot of things. That, like, it's the P meter.
0: Death training has a yeah,
2: P meter. It's like there is. There is. Have I peed lately? Like it still feels like, you know, while it is like an achievement of whatever you want to call it. Like I gotta mm-hmm. imagine that playing the game as a as a as a developer is like incredibly is a disorienting experience. Yeah. Like but it's straight up just not a game for everyone, which like the marketing campaign around it. Like, you know the like the last trailer that came out where it's just like the guy that's sitting on It's literally the meme of the guy sitting on the bus with the phone out the side of the window being like, and this is the version of this guy's life, and this is the version of this guy's life. And this guy's a Okay, so you remember you know what meme I'm talking about though, right? You know, like it's like that meme of the the two it's like two identical guys sitting oh, looking on a bus, out of the
0: bus. Yeah, yeah, Looking yeah. out of the
2: window, right, and one right. is looking at, like, you know, the sunset right. and, like, these autumnal hues and all this other shit. And he's, like, you know, hater is what it right. says above him. And the other one is just kind of like analytics or something. I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. This is basically the plot of this commercial because he looks out of the window of the bus that he's sitting on with no switch
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he just
2: sees gloom. You know, like it's just like he is r- willing to get up out of that bus seat and go gently into the good night, basically, at the beginning of this <laughs> of this commercial. And then he gets he gets the new Zelda game and it's like his life changes. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. such a hilarious that's commercial
0: toxic gamer. Yeah, that's like a toxic <laughs> gamer made that commercial.
2: Jesus. Like especially considering the way that Nintendo has been handling leaks and like everything in the lead up to this game as well. Incredibly draconian. Very weird. But you know what? Um, I'm still going to try it. You know? I'm still going to give it a whirl.
0: But also, the the commercial, as you described it to me, reminds me of that old infamous quote from uh, the old Nintendo president when he's mad as fuck about people buying the original PlayStation. He's like, fucking depressed people like the PlayStation. People like to play depressing <laughs> games. We make happy games. All these depressed ass middle aged people <laughs> buying Metal Gear Solid yeah. and Sight Filter
2: <laughs> uh, feel and like, riding yeah. the bus. <laughs> Sad as fuck. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. up Metal Gear Solid like, oh, you're here to have a good time? <laughs> Those are the other guys. <laughs> We're here to have a bad time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't the the headspace for this game. I don't know. It's I was talking to like Ben Lindbergh about it. It's it's sort of more, it's more Minecraft or Fortnite than you think a legacy single player video game should be because of the building mechanic, right? Like, I, and I think an interesting thing about Tears of the Kingdom too is that like, if you think about Breath of the Wild, the way people talked about the game already was very: you can do anything,
2: you can go anywhere. Right. It's very common talking about AI. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's so you take that game and somehow the sequel is even more that it's more you can do even more everything. Right. And I don't know. Part of me like there are two versions of this. Right. You could have gotten more Breath of the Wild in this game as more just being like, They just did more shit. They could have done this as DLC, but it's just more of the same. And instead, I think they really landed the feeling of, no, it's more. Like, you can build a jet. (laughs) You can crucify Koroks. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of, you can do more shit is, is, even if I still don't know what I think about the sort of more is better or is it, Element of it, right? Because to I, I kind of I wasn't in the same headspace as you playing Breath of the Wild. I'll admit, but I do I do think the original game both it's like very expansive, and yet I feel like the core systems of it are straightforward enough that I always felt in the beginning of Breath of the Wild that I was just short of overwhelmed. Right? I, I was sort of more on the side of like, wow, I can do everything, and so. If that's how you felt about Breath uh, Breath of the Wild, like what you were saying earlier, I do feel like Tears of the Kingdom is It'll that be square. Largely off putting. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's so that squared. It's like my wife is also playing it and she put it as like, yeah, at least in the beginning of the game, it really does feel like every 10 steps, you're forced to make a decision about something. Or you're being sort of like, encouraged to oh have you considered making this kind of weapon oh look at this do you want to make a vehicle it feels that even though there's no prompt, feel
2: like it's not the like the side of elden ring because <laughs> it's just like that my seriously my most concise tweet about elden ring was ever like you know elden ring is a game that coerces you into taking a sense the census survey for every 25 feet you cover where it's just like you need to like it's all everything is a skill check yeah they just don't give you any instructions (laughs) right
0: right and that's I mean it it kind of works in a lot of ways because think of all the other games that would harass you in a similar way but it would a prompt would come up and be like do you want to do like that's how Horizon would do it Horizon would be like it would be every 50 feet you'd be compelled to make a decision but it would be Aloy being like do you want to do this so, at least Elden Ring and Zelda both have this decency to kind of overload you with potential choice, but also shut up about it a little bit and let you just take your time. Um, so, I do think that's maybe why I don't have exactly the kind of reaction that you have to it of, of you know what I mean? Of feeling like mm-hmm. the systems are a little
2: using way too many napkins. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but- I mean, it's also like, I, I think that it's also a thing that is easy to perceive from the outside as being, like, you know, too, the, it, the game using too many napkins. I mean, again, like, I have not played it. I haven't touched it. Like, I really didn't give Breath of the Wild a chance outside of the tutorial area, you know? Yeah. Um, I just assume that there is a rhythm that you eventually lock into where it's just, like... Uh oh, this gap needs to be, I need to get across there. So let me pull out the ultra hand and the whatever thing and build a, build the Arc de Triomphe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I, like, I don't think that, like, yeah, I, I think it's just like you really got to be in the place for that, though.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
0: Although I do think that there's a kind of, and I think a big part of the appeal of like how Nintendo's approached these past two Zelda games is—it's almost like a paradoxical quality, right? Where it's like you'll see all of those people, like it was—it was that contrast I was just, uh, drawing earlier between the people who who build the really immaculate mechs versus the people who just are like, I'm going to build a really long bridge and go over this thing, right? And to me, there, whether you're doing like shrine puzzles or whether you're trying to get around or through some part of the environment, there is this kind of paradoxical signal of like the stupider your solution to something is the smarter you feel for coming up with it. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, that's, Something about the game, like no other game I've ever played, just makes you feel like you really... Even though you know, right? You know the developers and the playtesters have anticipated every little thing you were going to try to do to get over, around, or under the obstacles they put before you. And yet, the game is good at creating this mirage, right? Of letting you think that you... You're, you're smart and that you outsmarted the game and its design. And like, that to me is the kind of, that's the, the I don't know, like the core feedback of this, of why these games work, right? I just get to feel smart for doing some stupid shit. Some stupid, inelegant solution that almost falls apart
2: right before it doesn't. You know what I mean? I don't know. And Having, I think, honestly, it's like it's that, but also having a vehicle that can steadily carry that all the way to the finish line. Like the game is well designed enough for you to mess it up. Like, yeah, yeah, and and for it to hold all of that and not crash or change or whatever. It's all within the parameters. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I'm thinking back of like
0: games when we were younger, where you really could like, if if games had jank back in the day it was jank where it's like, you would get soft locked. Like, you would, you would sometimes like fuck up a save file. Like, you know what I mean? The, the kind of yeah. shit where it's like, you could try to be clever, but you might fuck around and lose tw- like Bioshock. Oh my God. I remember Bioshock. I got like 20, I got like 15 hours in a Bioshock and then just couldn't proceed. Cause I did some shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, th- yeah, breath. It's like Nintendo has turned, it's like made a science of, of, like that being impossible, right? Like they've they've used like the galaxy AI brain to anticipate every stupid thought you were going to have about the thing in front of you. And it's impressive. Like you said, it's to the point of being a developer, like a game dev, and playing this game must be wild. If you, you know what I mean? If you're actually attuned to like all the little decisions that went into everything. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, but then here's my question for you. Are you are you inclined to A skip Breath of the Wild because you already bounced off it and try Tears of the Kingdom? B go back to Breath of the Wild or or C See, like, okay. Miss <laughs> so... this moment and just
2: watch it all kind
0: of on Twitch and YouTube
2: and Twitter. I TikTok feel like it's I'm closer to just picking up Breath of the Wild because it's in here in the house like my my girlfriend has it on Switch like Mm -hmm. it's like I could I could play it but I don't feel the same sort of compulsion say with like I did with Fallen Order because one I you know that is also a much it feels like a much more story driven franchise you know like it's trying to be very like there's Missable story beats there. Not to say that they aren't in Zelda, but they also don't feel like the point.
0: Yeah, they're um, definitely not. I agree. Yeah, you're totally right about that.
2: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah. like I, But also, like, I don't feel like I have to play tier, the Breath of the Wild first, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I feel that. And it's funny. I didn't expect to... Like, to me, the weird thing about this game is, like like I said, I, I spent hundreds of hours playing Breath of the Wild. And it's sort of when you first pick up Tears of the Kingdom, you're like, oh, in a way, I've already played myself sick on this game. And I, that was my worry going into it. It's like, have I already played myself sick on this game before it was even out? Because it shares all of the like art style movement, and all that stuff. And I've, I'm definitely having, after getting over some the initial trepidation, right? It's like, I'm definitely having a better time with it than I expected to have. And I'm more impressed with it um, than I expected to be. And even then, I still feel this sense of like, I don't know that I'm capable of getting sucked into this game the way I got sucked into Breath of the Wild. Like, I can already yeah. tell that with, like... Street Fighter like I'm getting an advance for Street Fighter 6 and the moment it comes through from Capcom I'm probably gonna drop tears for that to be honest with you you know what I mean it's yes yeah. and I would I, I wouldn't have said that about breath of
2: the wild when that shit was out you know what I mean no I like I do get what you're saying about like you know a bit of the novelty wearing off especially when like something is made in the like it's made to be a sequel. You know, like it's made not to necessarily reinvent the wheel of what what came before it. But like, I felt the same way about Fallen Order, like playing it on the hardest difficulty. I threw myself against the final boss for like like two days straight. Like, (laughs) it was just like, I got to. And it wasn't like I was just getting annoyed because I'd never... I hadn't done an action RPG all the way up to the final boss and not been able to understand the logic of, like, the way that the fight was going, you know? Like, why should he, why can't she just, you know, summon up a sentry droid to save her when, I'm, when I have her under pressure? That's, like, very annoying to me. And honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't understand how Jedi Fallen Order got all those got all these glowing reviews the first time around. I think it was really just like the last 10 minutes of the game when you meet Darth Vader. And that is such a well-designed sequence. Like, it uses all of the platforming you learned in the game thus far, all the physics that you've seen happen in the outside world, the ways that platforms can move and bend changes. It's very, like, arresting. And it's amazing and it's great. But it's the last fifteen minutes of like a of a of a ten something hour campaign, you know. Um. So, like, really, when I started Jedi Survivor, I was kind of like I was already kind of sour on the idea of it. But then the combat was like so much better than the, like I, I was so annoyed in the first. But when game you say it was get, better,
0: like what's but yeah, can you okay so, it a little bit,
2: um. I don't know how many of those videos you've watched about, uh, like the insider videos where they'll be like, uh, trained special op sniper rates realness of scenes <laughs> from shooter or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll yes. be like a swordsman talks about Cal <laughs> Kestis's lightsaber yeah. form and oh, he's gosh. like, oh, he's completely lost at close range. And it's like, the thing is that you're watching it and it starts to make sense to you if you were annoyed with the way that the combat went over in the first game because you're just kind of like, man, I have all of these cool flippy twirly moves that I've unlocked and these co- these chains of combos that I should supposedly be able to get off and I'm not button mashing. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing the timed inputs for the attacks and you can never get a full combo off because it's like, you're so weak in every... every Enemy in the game, if you're playing on Grandmaster, I guess, can break your poise or whatever. Is there's no name for it in in Jedi, but it's just like you can get tossed out of your combo animation very easily. So you end up having to fight very defensively with a lightsaber, which doesn't feel feel right. Yeah, (laughs) I feel
0: that. Okay.
2: Um, So they added. So in in this game in in the in the previous game, you got as many as three lightsaber stances, but there was only really one lightsaber stance, and there were special moves. I mean, like where you had the single and the double bladed lightsaber, and then you could have a special move where you break your double lightsaber into two lightsabers, and you could do a swing pirouette move or whatever. So they separated them all out, and you have. Single-bladed, double-bladed, dual-bladed, and then you have a blaster stance. And I think, like, I found myself gravitating towards the blaster stance the most because, um, it, for well, one, it, do, it actually does make the game somewhat easier, but also, like, the combat gets so much more smooth because you can keep the pressure on people with the blaster or, um, whittle down their block meter so that you can actually get your combos off you know and the more spiritual part of it is that like it feels more like its own game when you could use a blaster and a lightsaber like it feels like something that Cal would do um because he feels like a weakling in the first game like it's just like he's not cool his voice is you know He's just like a very mewling, like, ow, why are you hitting me so hard type of character? Like, and it's just like, and so the second game, you know, he's, he's, he's grown a beard and he said, no more bullying. And it's five years <laughs> later. And yeah, like it's, it feels more like, like Cal Kess is coming into his own as whatever type of Jedi he wants to be. However, this, this. Franchise by Respawn understands the force and the way that people use it and their relationship to it. It feels truer to that than it being like, um, you know, I want to be like this character in this Star Wars movie mm-hmm. because there's also like a cross guard uh, style, which is like it's basically Kylo Ren's lightsaber and it's like this heavy. Cleaving slow style. Honestly, I find it kind of difficult to get those combos off because, yeah, your timing has to be really good. So does your Mm spacing. But there were, you know, factions on the internet of people being like, well, I'm just going to go back to using single bladed because that's what a Jedi would do. You know, like this doesn't feel right. Why do we have all these different lightsaber styles that aren't that that you know, like Jedi's don't use, and it feels very dumb to me because it's just like this character is kind of first of all, Cal Kestis is one of the Padawan learners that survived uh, Order sixty six. So, being traumatized to the point where you just want to disappear, and then reconnecting yourself to the Force and coming out of it, you would be different than a lot of other Jedi that have come before, would you not? Mm -hmm. like so you would probably adopt a very just win baby mindset about things (laughs) like it's just like I just need to survive and that's like what the blaster stance and what his like and what his demeanor feels like in this game I guess it just feels like more itself than the first game did Mm -hmm. Um, that being said I was burnt out on it uh, already in the way that you felt you might be for Tears of the Kingdom. So I was just like, I'm going to play it on the hardest difficulty, but I'm capping all of the boss encounters at five tries. I'm not going to just like throw myself at it.
0: Wait, what do you mean capping them?
2: Like, if you meet the, like, if you, you know, like if you fight a boss and you lose, like, I'm only, I'm losing a maximum of five oh, times. Oh, give me And then I'm going to turn the difficulty down. Cause I don't, like, it's like the fights still like the humanoid lightsaber duels, mm-hmm. they have moments where they feel like high-flying and cinematic, like you're on a catwalk in the energy cup link building on Naboo, like they have in Phantom Menace or whatever. And then, like, you know, it feels like that maybe the first two times, and then it's just kind of like these patterns are all the same. Yeah. And I feel like there's a rule that I haven't learned yet that I keep getting dinged by. Um, no, I feel
0: that. Right. I feel that. Right. I um, I still haven't played any of these games, and my standard for judging whether I share your enthusiasm for the second one, uh, is is the Star Wars VR lightsaber game at Dave and Buster's. Um, <laughs> that is that is my only point of comparison. I have not played any of the the lightsaber Star Wars games. Um, yeah, I don't know. Jedi Survivor, Tears of the Kingdom, and then Street Fighter comes out. I, man, listen, I I hope I finish this game soon, because otherwise, like, I don't know when I'm finishing Tears of the Kingdom. I might just watch my wife play, honestly, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think the other thing about Tears of the Kingdom, just on a last note, it's like, it's wild to think of how long ago, like, Breath of the Wild came out. And then that was also when the Switch came out. And the Switch is like the weirdest console. Because it's just like, like right here on my desk recording this, I have the PlayStation 5, right? You and I recorded some episodes where we talked about our journeys with this fucking PlayStation 5. And then obviously you got like Xbox out and it's just like the Switch, right? Feels like it's kind of been, like it's super convenient. And if you want to play fucking Animal Crossing, That's your console. But otherwise, it's just like, Tears of the Kingdom feels huge. And it's on this console that runs everything in 720p and struggles to stay on the internet. And also the controllers are always dropping out and dropping inputs.
2: And it's it's like incredibly (laughs) hackable. Like, it's just very like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, it's the it's, little
0: console that could in so many ways. It's like wild yeah. to think that this huge game is on this this device that feels like I got it at Toys R Us, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Shouts shouts to Nintendo. Um, this feels like it it has to be the last like game of its scale on this console, and I have but I have no idea when a new Nintendo is coming out. Um, so who knows? Um, I think that's all I got about Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, since we talked about that a lot, too. Um, and also Elden Ring and Death Stranding. I don't know if they had anything else to say about
2: those two. I don't have anything else to say about Jedi Survivor. You know? Maybe I'll have an update once I beat it. Or kill the Rancor.
0: Um, on that note, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Listeners, email us about Star Wars about Zelda um, th- yeah this remains like the, also Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom are the only games I've played I've watched my wife play Ocarina and uh, Skyward Sword so yeah people who know more than me email us soundonlypod at gmail.com that's all we got this week I'm Justin Cherry and I'm Mike Peters shouts out to our producer Stefan Anderson we'll see y'all next week